The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Leadership today is more than just a position in an organization. It's also a mix of proven practices that produce results. Welcome to Adesis Methodology for Collaborative Management for Exceptional Results with Dr. Ishak Adesis. Our program will bring you the how and why of successfully led businesses or organizations with not-for-profit goals and how you can apply the Adesis Methodology and make it work for you. Now, here is Dr. Ishak Adesis. Uh, 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 
cultural differences that you learn. And I'm learning at the age of 75 how interesting, still time to learn. For instance, uh, I was staying with the, the master. I belong to a certain meditation order or mission called Sahaj Mark. Uh, and uh, I went to see the master and invited me to stay at his home. So I stayed there for four or five days. And I had a lot of talks with him. And I was really privileged to be at his home. This is a very, very unusual privilege that the master was invited to stay with him. And during the dinners, we were happy having daily talks. And we were talking about how in India they are not demonstrative of their love. And he says, we never say to each other, I love you, and, which is totally different from the United States where you see bumper stickers, I love my horse, I love my car, I love this, I love New York. Everything is I love, and if God forbid, uh, I end up by telephone call with my wife and don't tell her I love you, I'm in trouble for at least a week. So you constantly have to say I love, I love, I love. So as a monster, how does he react to the fact that in India, they do not demonstrate and they don't say anything? And that was also my own culture from where I come, which is from Yugoslavia, and the Sephardi culture to which I belong. And we also were not demonstrative. Uh, as a matter of fact, my father, when I was showing too much love to my children and hugging them and kissing them, says, don't do that, don't do that. Anytime you feel you want to kiss your son, wait until he goes to sleep and then kiss him in his sleep. And I was shocked. What do you mean? I should not say to my children, I love you. I should not tell my wife, I love you. She says, no, you don't do that. You don't demonstrate. Then I found out it's not only the Sephardi culture. It is the Yemenite culture, too. And not to mention, as I said, the Indian culture. What's going on? Why not demonstrate? So I asked the master, why the lack of demonstration? You know, and in India, you will not see in the movies that they kiss. There could be some hugging, but no kissing, no kissing in public. You will never see a husband and wife or boyfriend, girlfriend in India holding hands. What's going on? Why not? And he said, because when you do it that way, your way, the Western way, it's like inflation. And when you have inflation, it reduces the value of. It reduces the value of. If you say too many times, I love you, I love you, I love you, it really loses its meaning. It's like inflation. It has to be something very, very special, and which is said on a special occasions, and only between two people when they're alone, and which reminds me of, <laughs> you don't mention the name of God in vain, because if you say God, 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 God all the time, it also creates an inflation of the, of the term and loses its value. Something to think about. How you make things valuable is by not over-mentioning them, by not over-demonstrating them. You can love, and you do love, by your behavior, not by the words you use. It is what you do that counts, and not what you say. Well, very interesting. That I was asked the master another thing. And uh, he was very old. He's already 88 years old. And he always died three times and they revived him. So I asked him if he's scared of death. Does he fear death? I, being the Holocaust survivor, 
I feel death. I definitely feel death. Having seen death with my own eyes, I don't allow myself even to faint because I have a fear that if I faint, I will never wake up again. And here he tells me, no, 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 I don't feel death. Not at all. It is, again, your Western way of looking at the world. Because you in the Western world have fear of death because life has a limit. And then, you know, when you die, that's it. It's the end of that limit, end of that period, and there is nothing thereafter. For us in India, death is only transition to another form of existence. And I, as a matter of fact, said, look forward to when I die, because I really would like to know what is on the other side. How interesting. That made me think. And what that made me think. When we are born, we start dying. It is like the descent clock is running and eventually it will exhaust itself and you will end up your life. So in a sense, the day you are born, you start dying. But if that's true, that the day you are born, you start dying, because there is, the earth is not flat. Everything is circular. Love, hate is circular. White, white and black is circular. Well, maybe I should really speak about the circularity first before I talk about that in life. It's not true that black and white. If you are in a very, very dark room and close your eyes, you will see white spots. So total black is the beginning of white. And if you go to the North Pole and it's all white, if you do not cover your eyes with sunglasses, you might get blinded. It will be all dark. It will be all black. So extreme white is the beginning of black. And extreme black is the beginning of white. And what is light and darkness? Again, it's not two opposing phenomena. What is darkness? Lack of light. By the same token, what is it? We don't have love and hate. The master says it's not two opposite forces. Hate is lack of love. If there is no love, there will be hate. Because there is no vacuum. When one is missing, the other one gets in. So I said to myself, wait a moment. So the life and death are also not two opposing forces. Again, earth is circular. Extreme dark, beginning of light. Extreme light is beginning of dark. Extreme black is beginning of white. Extreme white is the beginning of, dark, of black. By the same token, extreme love can be the beginning of hate because you resent it. You resent the dependency, the dependency that you have in a love relationship. And maybe by the same token, extreme hate is the beginning of love. And maybe, like, birth is the beginning of death. Maybe death is the beginning of another life. Something new, which we don't know what it is, because we have not been across the river. Something to look forward for, not to have fear about. And that reminds me of 
my own death experience, which I would like to share with you. As I said, being a Holocaust survivor, I was always scared of death, tremendously scared of death. And then a shaman, a Peruvian shaman, looked at me, and he said, you're scared of death. I said, you should know. You better have scared of death. He says, you need to experience death. And it made sense to me because I read a book, The Denial of Death, in which the psychiatrist, which got the Pulitzer Prize for the book, said that people that are afraid of death, scared of death, fear of death, cannot live. They spend all their life denying their death by trying to build a monument for themselves which will survive the physical demise. They don't want to die. They build something, which is true for me. I'm constantly building. I'm building my intellectual empire, writing my books, doing whatever work I can. What is it all? It's fear of death. That when I die, my work will stay behind. Thus, I will, in a sense, not die. Says you need to experience death so that you can live, like this Pulitzer Prize psychiatrist said. The way to start living is to accept your death. So I said, I'm willing to experience that. How was it and what happened there after the break? What's going on behind the scenes with your favorite Voice America show or host? For the latest news, visit the iRadio blog at iradioblog.com. The ADESIS management methodology increases the speed at which organizations are able to implement change and solve their problems. The methodology introduces an innovative process, culture, and system that allow organizations to achieve dramatic growth in both revenue and profits. Build your success from within. ADESIS management methodology is delivered by the ADESIS Institute with offices worldwide, introducing a new management paradigm. Visit www.adesis.com for the ADESIS Institute today. Dr. Ishak ADESIS is one of the leading management experts in the world. He has written 14 books that address the challenges facing top management. Books by Dr. ADESIS can be found in 24 languages. They can be purchased at the ADESIS store at www.adesis.com or on Amazon.com. Electronic versions are now available for three of the books with more to come. These books reflect over 40 years of study in the fields of management and organizational change. Pick up a copy of one of the books for yourself or as a gift today. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Adesis Methodology for Collaborative Management for Exceptional Results with Dr. Ishak Adesis. If you have a question or comment about the program, please call in to 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to paula at adesis.com, spelled A like America, D like Denmark, I like Israel, Z like in Zambia, E like in Ecuador, and S like Spain. Now, back to the program. 
Okay, my friends, uh, this is our last broadcast, the 26th of the last broadcast, unless I hear from the audience uh, with a very strong demand for me to continue and select to be at Ichak, I-C-H-A-K, at Adizes, A-D-I-Z-E-S, dot com, and then I will reconsider, but so far this is the last broadcast. And what I'm here now, kind of more talking managerial, my communication the last broadcast is more about personal life and about some insights I had about personal life. And I was talking about life and death. And maybe death is the beginning of life. And beginning of life is beginning of death. They're really circular. They're not two opposing extreme cases. And I was going to tell you after my break, which is now, my experience with death. So the shaman said to me, you have to experience death. I took my chances. I said, fine, I'm willing. And he said, I'm going to give you a rejection. And for one hour, you will feel like you're dead. You will not be able to move. Not any part of your body, not even open your eyes, nothing. You will only breathe. You will be like that. And then after one hour, when you come out of this experience, you will know what life is all about. Well, I was scared of death, but I was willing to experiment because I wanted to get rid of this fear of death, which I experienced all my life. We went to, I had a yacht at the time, we went to my yacht. He came with his fiance, which is a wonderful girl, and I lied in bed. He gave me an injection. That injection they give to people in better hospitals when they go wild and they're uncontrollable, and when they're uncontrollable, they're extremely powerful physically. So by giving them that injection, they get paralyzed. They cannot move, totally paralyzed. He gave me the injection, and within minutes, I felt how my whole body freezes, my eyes closed. I could not move a finger, I could not move my eyelids, I could not do absolutely anything. And I started seeing white colors and colors, you know. At the beginning, it was scary. I must have been scary because I could, I lost all control. There was absolutely nothing I could do. And as I realized that I cannot do anything, that I'm totally powerless, no control whatsoever, I just said, well, I have to lie down here until it's over. And then when I yielded, when I accepted my condition, something very strange happened. I started feeling the room I was in. I could not see anything. I repeat, I could not see anything. But I could feel the shaman and his girlfriend, his fiance next to me. I could feel them. And what did I feel? I could feel if they like me or they hate me. I could feel how they feel about me. And then I realized what love and hate is all about. What, not love, sorry, what heaven and health is all about. Hell. Just imagine you die, your body died, but your soul is still there. You can actually feel the people that are around your tomb. You can feel all of them. 
and you can feel what they feel about you. And just imagine they've done so bad things in your life. All these people around you, Tom, actually hate you. And they're glad you're gone. They have terrible feelings about you. There is nothing you can do about it. Nothing you can do. You cannot ask forgiveness. You cannot explain nothing. That is hell. Surrounded by hate, and there is nothing you can do about it. But now imagine that you're surrounded by love. With people that love you, love you. You can go. That's why the Jewish religion it's very important to forgive. I don't know other religions, probably the same thing. To forgive the people that died. To have the last word with them and to clean up the table before they die. So that they can depart this world. Otherwise, their soul wonders and wonders and wonders. Cannot lift itself, cannot depart because of the guilt it feels. And it cannot say, sorry, forgive me, whatever. When I came out of this death experience, I was crying, oh my God, like a little baby. And I said to the shaman, all I need is love. What is life all about? Love. Love, guys. And then I realized all I want to leave behind me is love. So when I die, I want to be surrounded by love so I can depart this world because I did something good in this world. So you see, apparently, we don't die. Our soul continues. Where does it go? It depends what we did in this life. Are we heavy with guilt or are we light with love? That is the difference. And that, that experience, I must say, I must admit, changed my whole outlook on what I do in life. Is it really chasing money? Is it really chasing honors? Is it really chasing respect? Or is it really love? And then the next question is, what is really that love? What is love? And here is an insight about that subject, which I wonder whether... You agree with me? In all my lectures, in my literature, my books that I write, I used to say, life is, life is give and take. Give and take. It's an exchange. And what is the exchange? It, in the long run, it balances itself. I give to you, then you give to me, and uh, eventually we are interdependent and we grow together by helping each other. But what is love about? Well, why do you take your children to the circus? Is it give and take? Is it so you can write in your diary, on such and such a date, I took your kids to the circus, so that when I'm old and feeble, you will pay me back? God forbid, right? God forbid. In my Sephardic culture, there is even an expression, God saved me from expecting for my children. Just imagine you do for your children, then you expect them to pay you back. Terrible. It is a, it's a curse. Because if they don't return exactly what you expected, you are going to have the last days of your life living in misery and frustration and pain. Your 
children should give to the next generation, not back to the generation, not to expect from your children. So why do you take your children to the circus? Because if the giving is a taking, it's instantaneous. You don't watch the circus. You watch the little kids giggle and laugh and enjoy themselves. And that's what fills your heart. Their happiness fills your heart. In the giving is the taking. And I told the master, that's what I think love is about. In the giving is the taking. That's why in the Hindu tradition, when somebody does something for you, they will, a Buddhist, they will say, thank you for allowing me to serve you. Why do they say, thank me for allowing them to serve me? Because in serving them, in the giving is the taking. So that's what I said to the master. And he looked at me and said, no, 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 that's not what love is all about. You are still in your head, he said. You are still in your head. You are still doing profit and loss statements. You are still saying, if I give, what do I get back? <coughs> Whether later or in the strategic time, there is still a give and take relationship. It's a trading relationship. That is not love. So I think, what is love then? Love is not what you do, it's what you are. It is like breathing. You do for others without expecting anything back. That is love. And that reminded me of the Jewish tradition that righteous giving is anonymous. Because when you give it anonymously, nobody knows that you gave the money. Thus, you cannot even claim that you're getting back some honors or respect. Nobody knows. Righteous giving is anonymous giving. How much do you give? What is from what? From the, from the goodness of your heart. You see, love is not from the brain. Love is from the heart. And that, the Master told me, that's where God is. God is in the heart. And what is God? God is love. And love is in the heart. That brought me to the next thought. What does it mean, love is in the heart? Does the heart think? I know the brain thinks, but does the heart think? Yes, it sure does. How does it think after the break? Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. The Adesis Speakers Bureau can present the Adesis methodology and its approach to harnessing the power of change to your top management team. The presentations, either in person or via a live video hookup, can be delivered in a two- four- or six-hour format. Participants can derive immediate benefit from the material and put their new knowledge to use right away. For luncheons, corporate retreats, and strategic planning meetings presented in a variety of languages, visit www.adesis.com. TopLeaf is a turnkey management development curriculum that consists of a set of 20 to 30-minute videos presented by Dr. Ishak Adesis, creator of the methodology and founder of the Adesis Institute. The Adesis methodology is considered by many to be a solid foundation for all organizational development. 
the Top Leaf curriculum is made up of three programs. Top Leaf can be used by individuals, by organizations, and by trainers and consultants looking for new content to offer their clients. For more information about Top Leaf, visit www.adesis.com. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You are listening to Adesis Methodology for Collaborative Management for Exceptional Results with Dr. Ishak Adesis. If you have a question or comment about the program, please call in to 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to paula at adesis.com, spelled A like America, D like Denmark, I like Israel, Z like in Zambia, E like in Ecuador, and S like Spain. Now, back to the program. And I asked the master, what's the difference between the heart thinking or the brain thinking? I was not fighting the idea because I know from Deepak Chopra and from other authors that every part of our body thinks. Every cell of our body actually, quote-unquote, thinks. That is why when you create something, you feel exhausted. Every part of your body is hurting, or you have an emotional problem. Every part of your body is hurting. So it's not true, you know, that only the brain thinks. Uh, and and, and our, our body really is a, a depository of thinking, of feelings, of experiences. And it's true in all languages when you get upset. You, in many languages, they say, you're eating my liver. In other words, all your frustrations are in the liver. And, uh, and uh, uh, your sorrow is in your lungs. So the body, there is no body-mind separation. There are different functions and different parts of the body thinks as well. So because of that, I realized that the master must have a point. So I said, what's the difference between the brain thinking and the heart, quote-unquote, thinking? And he said, when the brain thinks, there is a pro and con. So you go back and forth. Should I do it? I shouldn't do it. Why should I do it? I shouldn't do it. So there is a cost-value relationship. It's a logical thinking of judging things and evaluating things. And you will end up with some doubts, and you're not so sure. When the heart thinks, it's complete. There are no doubts. There are no questions. There is no pro and con. It is it, whatever it is. And my God, I said, that's absolutely true. I know in the Serbian language, at least, when you want to, when, when, when somebody asks you to give them something, they say, but please give it with all your heart. What does it mean? No doubts. No doubts. When you fall in love with somebody and you say, I want to marry you, you don't have any doubts. Your heart says, this is it. There is no yes and no. If you're in the yes and no, your heart is not complete. Your heart is not in it. The heart is complete. So when you love, you don't do a balance sheet accounting, a profit and loss computation. I'm going to do this, what do I get in return? 
That's not love. That's not love. That is trading. Love is when, without any question, you do it because that's what you are. That's what it is. Because you just love, period. There is nothing else behind that. There is no computation behind it. It is what you do. It's like breathing. That's who you are. How interesting. How interesting. Much to learn. Much to learn. And I said, well, how do I think with my heart rather than with my brain? And he said, stop expecting. By the way, for those of you who would like to continue being in touch with me, I encourage you to subscribe to my blog. I write every week. Every Friday there is a blog, which I write like what I'm doing right now. What I'm doing right now, I'm really telling you about blogs that I've written in the past or that I'm going to already written, but I'm not published yet in the future. Uh, and I write about whatever stimulates my thinking, anything that excites me, anything that I see or I learn from my travels or my talking to interesting people. So it's not just about management. It's about life, about love, about relationship, and about public policy as well, because I meet a lot of prime ministers as well. So, he said, you should not expect. The heart does not expect. The brain expects. So wait, 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 wait. What do you mean not to expect? If I don't expect, I'm like a vegetable. You know? Well, obviously. Oh, I say, okay, fine. Maybe not expect. How about want? Says you should not want either. So wait, wait, wait. This is anti-Jewish, I said to you. Not to want, not to expect. I mean, I cannot even imagine living like that because I'll be a vegetable. My whole life is to say what it is that I want, and I go and I go and do it, and then I expect that I achieve the goal, goal-oriented behavior. Uh, how will I live if I don't want and expect? And it is what he said. Very interesting. When you expect, let's start with the word expect first. When you expect, there is a dimension of controllability there. I expect something to happen. And when it doesn't happen, I get very upset, right? Why? Because you expected it. It should have happened. Pay attention to the word should. It should have happened. And then when it doesn't happen, you get very upset. Why it did not happen? What should have happened? You're really saying that you feel powerless. Whenever what you expect does not happen, it's an indication that you don't have the power that you thought you had. You don't have the control that you thought you had. And that is very frustrating. You do not surrender. And when you don't expect, you surrender. Because there are bigger forces than you. It is like believing in God. God has something to do with it too. You're not alone here. And if you don't believe in God, then nature, then dynamics, then how about probabilities? There are probabilities. Not everything is 100% probable. So it might not happen. Who are you to believe that you can control everything? Humility. When you don't expect, you are humble. But then I said, well, but then I'm a vegetable. I just sit there and do nothing. Say, no, 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 no. You do what needs to be done and do your best. Do your best and leave the rest to God. I must tell you, audience, that that changed my life. 
I found peace because I do my best. And if it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. You know, not supposed to happen. And whatever happens, basically you start living a wonderful life full of surprises. You don't expect it to do your best. And when it happens, how wonderful. What a great surprise. And what doesn't happen, well, you did your best. And all you're entitled to is to get your best. You're not entitled to expect that everything will work the way you want it to work, which is the prescription for depression, frustration, anger, hostility. And I said, wait a minute. Okay. So it's not okay to expect. Okay, I don't expect. Done. Finished. But I want? Said, no, 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 no. You should not want either. Why not? Because if you want, it means that you are missing something. That what you want, you are missing. Thus, you are not satisfied with what you have. Oops. Back to the Jewish tradition. Who is happy? What does it mean in Hebrew? Who is happy with his lot? You see, the moment you are wanting, you're not happy with your lot. You're not happy with what you have. And now what is happening? You're unhappy, searching to get what you want. But then what happens then? The want moves to the next level. You're all the time left wanting. You achieve this, but there's a new want. You achieve that, there's a new want. What does it mean? You're constantly frustrated. You're constantly unhappy. You're constantly living in shortage of. When you don't expect, when you don't want, you're happy. But it does not mean that you live in the the heaven of stupids or idiots. Why? Because you still want to do the best you can. You do the best you can. This has changed my life. How wonderful. I do my best because I love what I do. It's the natural path. I do what needs to be done, not because I want to, not because I expect. You know, if it can be vulgar, it is like going to the bathroom. It's not I want to go to the bathroom. I need to go to the bathroom. And I have no expectation. It just happens naturally. So I do naturally everything that needs to be done. What does need to be done? I need to write a book. I write a book. I need to earn a living. I need to go I need to do to be self-fulfilled. I do the best I can. But not because I want to get the ego out of the way. And not because I have to control it and thus I expect it. Again, get the ego out of the way. Very interesting. Much to learn. Much to learn. And for personal growth, I've been doing a lot by going into this meditation and learning from meditation. Many things about life and about peacefulness and love. Well, what will be the next subject for the next break, my friends? It is the last 12 minutes of this program. And as I said before, these are the last broadcast. 
the 26th and the last broadcast. I've been out of touch with the audience. I don't know who is listening. I don't know what impact my tapes or my broadcast have. So it has been frustrating enough that I'm going to discontinue unless within the, the next three, four days, I get a wave, an avalanche of emails to my address, Ichak, I-C-H-A-K, at Adizes, A-D-I-Z-E-S, asking me to continue and telling me how benefit do you find this, this program? Otherwise, I'm really wasting my time and wasting my energy, which is very limited with all my travel. So, what is left in the last? What should be the mission in life? You know, that's a question that everybody is asking. What should they do? You know, especially when you get at a certain age, you wonder whether you wasted your life, whether your life has gone by the wayside, chasing the rainbow, trying to make a living, reacting to crisis. And here you are at the last step of your life and you say, what is life all about? What is life has gone? What have I done with my life? Well, as I told you, I'm 75 years old. I'm starting to think about this subject. Let me share you what I think after the break. The future of online TV is here. View exclusive content from your favorite talk radio hosts and new programs that you can't see anywhere else. Visit voiceamerica.tv today. Learn about applying the ADESIS methodology in your organization's decision-making process. Our comprehensive training programs include a three-day introduction to the ADESIS methodology, Breakthrough to Prime, and Leading Highly Effective Teams, a detailed seven-day seminar. The seminars are valuable for corporate leaders, key executives, and others involved in the decision-making process. Our trainings are available around the world and in multiple languages. For more information about these and other training programs available, please visit adesis.com. Dr. Ishak Adesis is one of the leading management experts in the world. He has written 14 books that address the challenges facing top management, Books by Dr. Adesis can be found in 24 languages. They can be purchased at the Adesis store at www.adesis.com or on Amazon.com. Electronic versions are now available for three of the books with more to come. These books reflect over 40 years of study in the fields of management and organizational change. Pick up a copy of one of the books for yourself or as a gift today. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Adesis Methodology for Collaborative Management for Exceptional Results with Dr. Ishak Adesis. If you have a question or comment about the program, please call in to 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to paula at adesis.com, spelled A like America, D like Denmark, I like Israel, Z like in Zambia, E like in Ecuador, and S like Spain. Now, back to the program.
insight about what life is all about is the following. Let's look at it from a business point of view. I got the insight by looking at organizations, and then I said, aha, it has an impact for personal life as well. It has applications to personal life. What is the purpose of an organization? Any organization, any organization, whether it's for profit or not for profit, is to serve the clients for which it exists. If it does not serve the clients for which it exists, it's not functional. To serve others. I said, wait a moment. That's true for everything. Look around. Just look around wherever you are in the world. To see the light above your head. Why does it exist? What is its purpose? To leave the room. And the pen you're holding in your hand, why is it? What's its purpose? To write. Everything you look at, anything that you look at has a purpose, and the purpose is to serve somebody else. It does not exist for itself. Look at your body. The heart exists to pump blood to the rest of the body. The lungs exist to process air, oxygen. The liver exists for this purpose, for that purpose, the kidneys. Every part of the body serves the purpose of other parts of the body. The only part of the body that serves nobody but itself only is called cancer. Cancer serves death. To be alive, you have to serve others. You hear what I said? Serving others. Who who are you? What do you do? For whom do you exist? You are not a father unless you exist to parent your children. Everything is there to serve something else. The day you stop serving is the day you stop dying. That's why, God forbid, I will go to an old age home. But if I go to an old age home, I better find something to do in serving somebody else. Volunteer in the hospital. Do something. Because the moment you stop doing it for others, only for yourself, you start dying. That's called cancer. It only serves death. So where are we going with this? Serving in the Jewish tradition, religion, is called tikkun olam. You exist to make the world a better one. It's not so strange then that the highest per capita or double prize winners in all fields are Jewish, because we all the time think, how can I do it better? How can I serve? How can I improve? That's my role in the world, to serve and to improve. Tikkun olam, improving the world in which we live. What do you leave behind you? That is the question. Have you left the world better than the one you found? Or worse than what you found? That is what life is all about. And you know something? What is it that you should be doing then? Serving whom? How? Here is what I think. And I got it from... When tired, 
You have to do that which inspires you. The word inspire comes from the word in spirit. When you're inspired, you get integrated with the bigger forces than yourself. You actually lose yourself. You realize you're like you don't exist. I know my son is a musician, a jazz musician. He says when he plays jazz, it does not exist. He practices, practices, but then when he performs and improvises, he goes without his intervention. It happens by itself. You become a vehicle for forces to go through you. The same thing I feel when I write my books. It's like I'm not writing it. I'm just letting it come through me. I'm inspired. Something happens to people that paint. They're inspired. They don't think about what to paint. But they think what to paint. They're commercial painters. Real fine art painters just paint. They don't plan. They just paint. They let it go through them. It's inspiration. And when you do something which you're inspired, you lose yourself, as I said. You forget time and space. I know when I write, if you touch me on the shoulder, I'll probably jump out of my skin because I'm not there. I don't know where I am. I'm totally absorbed. What is the other time that you're totally absorbed? totally integrated, that you lose yourself and you don't even know who you are and where you are. It's when you have an orgasm. In making love, when you get an orgasm for a few seconds, you are lost. You are nowhere. You are in space, you might call it. But you don't have to have orgasm only sexually. You can have orgasmic life by being inspired, by doing those things that make you lose yourself in what you do. You get integrated with what you do. You become one. Like you're sculpturing, you and your sculpture are one. You and your art are one. Me and my book are one. My son and his music are one. You get integrated with your creation. Then you're doing the best. Then you're serving. Then you're fulfilling yourself. And that's what I'm doing with my children, by the way. I look at what is their passion, and I support them to do their passion. Live your passion. Live with what you're inspired with. That's what life is about. That's how it's worth while living. Anything else is work. Or like the monster advertising on the Internet for jobs, he says, look for a job you will be willing to do for free and then get them to pay you for it. Right. What are you willing to do for free? What it is that inspires you? And when you do something that inspires you, you get energy. It gives you energy. Anytime I'm very tired and I get tired of traveling and I cannot sleep on planes and I arrive with a jet lag, I'm a zombie. You know how I get energy? I sit down and I start writing my book. Wow, I get a lot of energy. As I write like 10, 15 pages, I get so much energy like I didn't fly. Because I do. Like you might say, what God wants me to do. I'm fulfilling the purpose of my existence, which is to serve others in a way that is inspiring to me and fulfilling. Okay, this is the end of Michael broadcast. End of my 26 sessions. I 
again, I'm sorry that we are going to discontinue, but I hardly have been since it's not live. I never know who listens, whether anybody is listening. The statistics say that about 2,000 people are listening, but I don't know who they are. I don't know what they get out of it. So it's very lonely here. Please write to me, and then we'll see whether we're going to continue or not. Wishing you all a happy new year, a better year next year. And like I've written to my clients, I wish you bigger problems next year than the problems you had this year that you can handle, because that's called growing. You're as big as the problems you're tackling. If you're worrying about who has what color of their kitchen and who drives which kind of a car versus worrying about peace, global warming, about love, about relationship, about education of the next generation. Tell me what it is that you're worried about, what problems you're attacking, and I will tell you how big you are. So I wish you next year bigger problems than this year because you're growing. Having less problems is buying. All the best. Goodbye, and I hereby call it quits. Thank you very much. Thank you again for joining us this week for Adesis Methodology for Collaborative Management for Exceptional Results with Dr. Ishak Adesis. Please tune in again next Saturday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Until then, enjoy your weekend and a successful week. again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the voice america business channel for more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest please visit voiceamericabusiness.com the voice america talk radio network is the worldwide leader in live internet talk radio visit voiceamerica.com the views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by voice america talk radio network its staff and management